You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. All right, welcome back. It is Darren and Dan. We're back to, to the folks online, session four. And uh, for those of you in the room, this is the home stretch with Dan. And then uh, we're going to go to dinner and we'll be back with Rich Shefferin uh, after dinner. Uh, remember, dinner we'll have here again. Uh, that will be sponsored by uh, our friend Partov and uh, the team at eLaunchers. So uh, make sure that you grab your dinner after this and uh, eat in here. And Partov will be back with a little presentation. They so, are showing the sales letter that saved the world, sort of. <laughs> well, at least the e-launcher world. It's important to see it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Dan, why don't we talk about probably one of the biggest marketing sins there is, which is aiming your marketing weaponry at the wrong targets. So, the vast majority of marketers advertisers, mailers even, um, don't really have any target. Um, they are still really playing throw mud against the wall and hopefully some percentage of it sticks. And, uh, and big marketers, it's the advantage you have if you are a small business or you op you grow a big business that is a collection of small businesses and small teams you have a big advantage over the really big houses in every industry because their very size mandates slop it can't be helped um, because what is significant small is not significant enough for them to worry about on a grand and big scale. So they, for the most part, they won't. And in many cases, they can't target uh, or target effectively. Um, they, they won't because the math doesn't make sense to them. And in some cases, they can't because they wind up building out a system that is about throw mud against the wall and harvest the 1% of it that sticks. Um, and I've had it with several clients who have grown with me from small to big. Really having to face this is guys... We're leaving a lot of money on the table here by not doing these 16 things. Yeah, but we're doing 100 million a year. <laughs> and those 16 things represent 10 million. We're not interested. You're right, but we're not interested. So that's what happens, even with smart ones. And of course, most big companies are big, dumb companies. So there isn't even any smart there to start with. So when you can and will target, it's an area where David can have an advantage over Goliath. And therefore, if you're a David, you better figure it out. Um, because otherwise, if there's any money in what you do, um, 
and it can be Amazon, it will be Amazon. Um, and that's like now two-thirds of the marketplace. The number of things that Amazon figures out how to do grows exponentially by the day. So, and of course you have, in retail, you have Walmart and, you know, et cetera. So, you've got to figure out how to target if you're going to succeed as a David in a world of Goliaths, because it's one of the few places where you can have advantage, right? So Aspen Dental is going to run slop marketing. <laughs> They've got 900 dentists and 1,200 locations, I think, or the other way around, to feed. They're adding new ones, buying new ones as we speak. They're Walmart. And uh, they are going to, they're going to run slop. Same TV commercial in every market. Doesn't matter if it's Boise, Idaho, or New York City. Um, uh, all their marketing is going to be national, and it's going to be big, broad aim. They're never going to be figuring out um, how to market uh, cosmetic restoration to recently divorced veterans. That, that's not going to be a discussion ever um, at their corporate headquarters. Uh, but maybe it should be if you're a dentist and you're a veteran. So that's what, you know, targeting is all about. There's a, there's an issue of susceptibility, right? So different people have higher or lower susceptibility to a particular product or service or business or offer at different times. Um, so timing matters. Okay. <clears throat> um, social or peer pressure matters. Um, still works, right? Um, the, um, all, the old, all the television sets were sold originally by giving one for three months to one family on every street. <laughs> First of all, you ain't getting it out of the house that you put it in. So they're making their 72 payments <laughs> as soon as the three months are up. TV ain't leaving. And the other neighbors are under enormous pressure. Why don't we have a TV? Mama's mad, kids are mad, everybody's mad. So they got to go get a TV, right? So you can create that, right? You create that kind of pressure. I have a campaign I did for a charity that is the Five Houses campaign. So you're a donor. We mail the five houses around you. Thought you would like to know Darren's a great guy. Uh, he just bought a 
for the starving orphans we take care of or the starving dogs we take, whatever it is. And we thought you would like to know you got a real hero in your neighborhood. And here's the thing he contributed to, and here's our whiz-bang brochure, and yada, 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 right? Never fails to get one. Because you're shaming the other five is what you're really doing, right? And um, so there's all sorts of susceptibility factors that matter that you may be able to figure out one way or another. Um, in a lot of categories, uh, seasonal timing matters, and you should adjust your uh, amount of marketing by season. Opportunity industry, weight loss industry, January. Because people have been with friends and relatives they don't see all the time. And they have had to have the one who is doing better than everybody else rubbed in their face. And this has raised their level of frustration with where they are. Um, uh, for hearing aid business six months after the death of the spouse. Now that information's available. You don't have to acknowledge it in the sales letter. You don't have to say, um, here, we've sent you a little coffin and we've, and we've done that for three important reasons. Right? We know your spouse dropped dead six months ago, and et cetera. Okay? You don't have to do that, and it would probably be unwise to, to do, do it. Um, I'd love to see somebody try it, by the way. But, um, um, uh, it, it's still hard to do death jokes, you know? Uh, the Kennedy jokes are still too soon. Um, the... Uh, um, but, so you don't have to say it, you just have to show up at the right time with your regular sales letter. So we proved this with birthdays, for example, and so forth. So targeting goes hand in hand with variable susceptibility, right? And um, you ought not, well, the business is dying anyway, but you ought not direct mail, um, or do every door direct mail for home security unless there's been a robbery in the neighborhood. Then you ought to be all over it uh, because people tend, they tend to buy home security systems either after they've been robbed or somebody in their neighborhood has been robbed. Um, before that, it wasn't, it wasn't, at the doorstep. It wasn't acute. Yep. It wasn't believable, right? You know, um, you can have 200,000 people a month streaming across the border. A person who lives in Indiana, you know, they're like, I got stuff to do, right? I mean, now, if their gas prices go to $6, and the gas is rationed, and the pipeline shut down, that's at their doorstep. <laughs> Believe me, they're going to react. There could be 
10,000 little refugees drowned in the Texas River, and they won't be as upset as if they can't get gas for their boat this weekend. <laughs> okay? And we're all that way, right? Understandably. So you've got to think about this when you build a marketing plan. Again, who and what, and now we're talking about when. Timing's very hard, but it is not impossible. I had a client, you talk about birthdays. I don't know if Simpson talked to you about birthdays or not, but this stuff's available. So I had a client, he was a Halbert client. Um, John Carlton would know them. They were in a skincare business, Scottsdale, Arizona, called me, they knew me from Gary, and they sell a expensive $500 to $800 box glop that is your facelift at home, non-surgical facelift at home. Three days, you put the green glop on first, you put the blue glop on, it's all the same glop, by the way, food color. But anyway, so they use direct mail to get people on the phones with Telesharks who sell them box of glop. And Gary had done the direct mail piece. And they came to me after Gary passed and said, can you beat his control? And I looked at it. I said, the likelihood of me beating a Halbert control, period, is not good. Okay? Most of the time, we don't know why somebody like John or I will look at it and think we should be able to beat that. But Halbert was like, you know, Michael Jordan to basketball. There's a little intangible that often happened uh, that you couldn't analytically figure out. So I said, probably not. I said, but you're selling to 50 to 70-year-old women. That's your sweet spot. You've got a mailing piece, a sales letter, that works. You've got lists that work. I know how we can beat the results of the control. We'll take the lists that work, and we'll divide them by birthday month. We will only send the letter in January to everybody on those lists who's having a birthday in January. It will only send a letter in February to everybody on those lists who's having a birthday in February, and we'll be able to afford to send it to them twice because the response will be higher because at birthday, women look in the mirror more than they do any other time. The benchmark birthdays, we might be able to FedEx it because when the zero clicks over, that's a bigger deal than when the three clicks over, right? And it worked. Um, uh, they were actually grumpy about paying my fee because I didn't write any copy. <laughs> didn't I'm going, well, you know. But so this is the susceptibility issue that you want to look for. How could I build a marketing plan around higher probability prospects? And they may be the same prospects at different times, but how can I build a marketing plan around higher probability prospects? Why don't we talk, Dan, a little bit about um, 
the geographic, demographic, some of the affinity and association type targeting uh, that's necessary and, and, and why do we want to look at geographics and demographics? So it's amazing to me um, how lazy marketers are just about geography. You know, again, they'll be running the same campaign in Alabama that they're running in Massachusetts. Well, you ain't hitting either one. You know, we had the speaker, health speaker. I was always amazed he did well. He did great, good sales guy, Ted Brower. And Ted was on the big tour with us, selling a system of how to eat, coaching program, <laughs> fix your nutrition in a box. And Ted's speech was the 10 foods never to eat. And uh, I never saw him bomb except um, we did Birmingham, Alabama, about 10,000 people. Ted should have sold 500 units. I think he did 20. <laughs> he was like suicidal. I said, Ted, Ted, on your 10 foods never to eat list, you got Moon Pies and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> We're in Birmingham, Alabama. That's one of the three meals every day. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell them not to drink Dr. Pepper and not eat Moon Pies. Are you nuts? Have you been to a convenience store in this place? I mean, come on. We're in Alabama. You got to tweak that talk, right? And you got to think about that. I mean, so here... Uh, Cleveland, um, there's west side and east side, and never the twain shall meet. West siders don't like east siders, east siders don't like west siders. 90% of that public is not going to cross that line or want to, to go to a business. It, they have a different language. They have different cultural icons. They have all of it. The West Side is like its capital because uh, it has its own capital. Uh, is a town called Parma. In Parma, everybody wears white socks and they all got a bunch of lawn ornaments. <laughs> pink flamingos and shit in their lawn. Um, and uh, a very blue collar. And they have cultural icons like Goulardi from late night TV. The East Side thinks they're all, you know, hicks and Trump voters and deplorables. And, you know, so if you really want to get this right, your sales letter east of the line would be different than your sales letter west of the line. A lot of states, Virginia, where the other state where we have a home, it's two states, right? Northern Virginia is a suburb of Washington, D.C. Right? I mean, it's like, it's like communist. <laughs> I mean, and the other half of Virginia, like where Richmond is, right, they still got the Confederate flag and the Duke of Hazard car, and they're doing Civil War reenactments in their backyards. <laughs> 
I mean, these are two different places, right? So geography matters for national marketers. I have clients. We figured it out. Um, we don't do well in urban. We do well suburban and rural. So you don't mail the Detroit zip codes, but you mail all the communities around Detroit. There's a few East Coast states that three of these clients of mine, we've just written them off, right? The response is terrible, and the customers you get are also terrible. So who needs that, right? Um, so geography is important. And again, for the gorilla guy, the small marketer, the entrepreneur in charge, we're able to do these things. And the big entities won't. I mean, I've told this story for years, but when we were mailing a lot to chiropractors for my own company, I had figured out, so first of all, I had figured out things, and I also had an instinct, because I'm selling to them faced a lot. I can tell you who we close in the room and who we don't close in the room, and there's some profound commonalities. Right? Uh, female doctors with hyphenated last names. L no good. <laughs> I think, because they had to get the husband's approval to spend money, I don't know, but I can tell you empirically, if it was a hyphenated last name, we're not going to sell to them. So spending any money to get them in a room is a giant waste of time. So, I mean, I'm going through the list myself, crossing out names. And other names, I would instinct, instinctively say to myself, i got to sell that guy. I've never seen a name like that in an order form in three years. I'm not going to see one now. Out, right? And the small player can do that, yeah. right? We're mailing 3,000, 4,000 names at a time. You can sit there during a night of TV and, you know, you can do it. Uh, the big player's not going to do that. <coughs> so geography matters. Demographics matter, which are statistical information about groups of people. Age, married, single, got kids, don't have kids, got pets, don't have pets, um, um, income, net worth you know, et cetera. Uh, that stuff matters. Uh, psychographics really matter. So psychographics are how do they behave? What have they bought before? Because a buyer is a buyer is a buyer is a buyer. If they buy in a category, they tend to buy more than one thing in the same category until they stop buying in that category altogether. So how they think and how they behave, well, some of that's not readily available, but some of it is readily available by the credit card they carry, um, purchases they made, <coughs> things they subscribe to, places they go, right? Um, um, and like American Express will rent you lists uh, based on category of purchase. So 
and they'll rent to direct competitors. So they're aggregating everybody's data and reselling it. Um, so if you open a high-end steakhouse in Independence, Ohio, and you want the list of all the customers of all the other high-end steakhouses in Independence, Ohio, you can't get that. But you can get a list of all the American Express card holders who patronize high-end steakhouses in Independence, Ohio. Well, close enough, right? So, and we know they patronize high-end steakhouses. Uh, so this information can help you uh, message match. It can help you media match. So if they bought something by having uh, a DVD sent to them and you want to sell it to them, failing any evidence to the contrary, you ought to send them a DVD. If a salesperson has to go to their house, you ought to get some salespeople together and go to houses, right, until you test and test and test and try to figure out something better. So data, so privacy died 30 years ago in reality. It started at slow death, right? The mailing list world, we could, your privacy was violated badly. Now we've reached the point where, like, everybody's violating your privacy. <laughs> it's like, and everybody's using the data and selling the data and, you know, on and on and on. We last week searched for a show on our device on the TV, the Apple TV, and literally within an instant it was on the other device yeah. uh, advertising to you to watch that show on Netflix. Yeah. They... They know more about you than your spouse does. Um, and, um, and that's what you want to aspire to. Okay? I mean, you want a lot of information about your own customers and your own prospects, which mostly you can get by asking, because people will tell you the most amazing things if they're just asked. Mm -hmm. And they are increasingly conditioned to do it. Uh, you got to be of a certain age to remember this, but if you have an old Social Security card, it says it on it. Not to be used for identification purposes. It was illegal. Uh, you were only supposed to use your Social Security number with the Social Security Administration. That's it. Now, if you want to buy a collar for your dog, they're asking for your social security <laughs> number, and people are giving it to them. Okay? I remember having this fight, opening a bank account, refusing to give them a social security number because it was still illegal. And I got a bank account open without one in 1972, maybe, 73. But now, you don't think anything of it anymore. You give that social security number to everybody. I I'm amazed Uber's not asking for it. Um, and so privacy now, there used to be this thing up until about a month ago called HIPAA, <laughs> which made your medical records private. Where'd that go? Gone with the wind. 
gone with the wind. And everybody will wear a mood ring to let you know whether they've been vaccinated or not, and they won't think anything of it. And then New York Mets now has a database of fans who've been vaccinated and fans who haven't been vaccinated. It's incredible. So privacy's gone. And you want to take advantage of it. Everything from public records. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend it a lot. You should read the book, The Purpose Driven Church, by uh, Pastor Rick Warren. Not The Purpose Driven Life, his bestseller. The Purpose Driven Church is a marketing book for church business owners for pastors, and most instructive in it and most shocking to people <laughs> is a chapter that should be titled Predatory Marketing, <laughs> but that has a bad name, um, so it's not titled that, but it is all about susceptibility and timing. So there are situations in people's lives that make them much more susceptible to come to church than at other times. So if you got a decent sales letter for why you should come to church, then it's the same as the birthday example I gave you. You use public records in your area, and you get the names and addresses of those people who have hit high susceptibility and you mail them. So like domestic violence calls to cops. High susceptibility, you mail them. Death in the family, you mail them. So there's a susceptibility list. And again, you don't say, by the way, we've all tried this a number of times. So, you know, you don't say hi. As you can see, there's a dollar bill attached to this letter. Three reasons for that. One is we know your kid got arrested last week. And, <laughs> um, uh, you don't message it that way. You have a winning message, and you show up at a high susceptibility time. And that is a form of target marketing that Goliaths won't do. Um, Guthy Ranker is perfectly capable of doing this, for example, with the birthdays for Cindy Crawford skincare. And they won't do it because they're a billion dollar company. They want to throw mud against the wall, and they have figured out how to make money doing that. More power to them. Right? So they won't do it. But the skin salon in Bedford Falls, Pennsylvania, should damn sure do it and can do it. Dan, why don't we talk about what is a, a buy now customer and how and why is it important to identify these prospects for your business? You know, you often talk about giving people a, a fast pass as an example. Well, so yeah, there's two things about so the buy now customer is a customer that's almost there already. Right? They are um, they're ready to go this weekend and look at mattresses. Um, and they are able and willing to buy right now. 
Now, most businesses only compete for them, which is really dumb. Um, so, again, if you'll be smarter. So most businesses really only compete for buy now. Okay? Um, uh, nobody says, for example, if you're not ready to buy a mattress, that's okay, but at least let us send you our free consumer's guide to mattress shopping and our free guide to 17 ways to get a better night's sleep. Right? Uh, little box down at the bottom of the ad screaming about twin prices and nobody does it. So they only get the buy now customer because nobody invites the not yet ready to buy but will be person into the fold. Um, there's a lot more not yet ready to buy but will be people than there are ready to buy now people. So if you could get control of them earlier, right, um, uh, you would win that dance. Um, uh, however, the flip side is you don't want to block a buy now customer with a uh, overly complicated sales process or by forcing everybody through the same funnel and process, when often maybe your best won't do it. So like I tell the financial advisors all the time, he understands this very well. So typical financial advisor in a local market is driving everybody to the free evening with the free chicken at the country club. The deal is you've got to listen to me talk to you about Roth IRAs and and I give you chicken. That's the deal. And enough people say, well, you know, okay. And they go for the chicken. And the financial advisors hate them. And, and, and that's it. That's the only door they've got open. So their whole horizontal bar, newspaper ad, radio ad, bought and paid for radio show, free lectures at community colleges, direct mail, Facebook, the whole horizontal bar feeds into a funnel that then says, here's the way you can engage with me. You got to come to an evening at the Holiday Inn and you've got to sit in a room with other people and you got to listen to me talk about Roth IRAs and you get free chicken. <laughs> so who's not going to that meeting no matter what? The best prospect. Me. I'm not going. Right? Period. End of story. Right? And I don't care how you dress it up. So you can have Joe Theismann there signing footballs. You can, you know, it don't matter. I'm not going but I'm the ideal client for most financial advisors. Buy and hold, mostly I only want you not to lose it. I don't really ask you to make any money with it. Um, I don't bother you, I don't call you when the market crashes, I don't buy Bitcoin, I'm like perfect, <laughs> right? Uh, but almost every financial advisor precludes me 
Now, they'll tell you if we do one-on-one appointments with people, we waste a lot of time with unqualified prospects. So we won't offer one-on-one appointments. Well, that's stupid. That's like, you know, Zig's story of the cat that stepped on the hot burner, and now not only won't he get up on the stove, he won't stop it, he won't go in the kitchen. Figure out a way to only do private appointments for qualified prospects. You know, so I have a client that sells, for example, a really high-priced investment coaching program to doctors. And the model is you jump through hoops and you get triaged by a teleshark and finally you're allowed to come and eavesdrop on one of the mastermind meetings that is part of this program. The average guy coming probably has five to ten million to deploy, but all the way down to a mill. Guess who's not coming? The guy that's got fifty million to deploy. He's not coming. Some of the guys that's got twenty million to deploy are not coming. They want to jump the line. Right? I I get it. Just let me send you a check and buy me an apartment. I mean, to, let's get this done, right? So if you don't have an express lane that those people can go into, and it's okay to then make them qualify, but if you don't have an express lane that those people can go into, you leave a lot of money on the floor from your marketing, and sometimes you screen out great customers, clients, or patients, right? So you got to think about this in both directions. You want to accommodate the buy now person, the express lane person, right? Um, we used to have, um, I fixed this at the big success events. Stand at first year. I'm over there early. First thing in the morning. Why the hell was I there first thing in the morning? I never, oh, I know. Because <laughs> UPS said they lost all my product. And it wasn't going to be there. So I'm over there fighting the battle with the, does the arena have it? And they don't know that Cabot, does UPS have it? So I'm there first thing in the morning. So I'm there as people are coming in and taking their seats. And a guy walks over to the product area where all the audio cassette programs and books and stuff are sold. And he says, get somebody over, and he says, I can't stay for the whole day. I want to just buy everything that is going to be sold and be done with it here. And he's got a Gold America Express card. And I watched the sales prevention department, you know, <laughs> come to life um, uh, and send him away. Now, I don't really care about the rest of it, except I was in there, you know. Um, so, I mean, I chased him myself. So I can't fix that stupidity, but I can sell you my thing because I got a separate <laughs> order for him. You want to do that? You know, yeah, great, fine, go out. So I talked to 
the owner afterwards, and I said, if there's one. There's a hundred. So why would you, A, turn them away? Let's at least prep people with the right answer to that question, which is, <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Cha-ching! Here you go. Okay. Thank you very much. Not, <clears throat> not, no, we can't do that, and here's why we can't do that. <laughs> Better yet, let's find a way to invite it. Little insert in the souvenir program. Yeah. If you need to leave early, you can come back and we'll be happy to explain to you the resources that are going to be offered for the rest of the day. Guess what? Because there's buyers who do buy everything. That's what they do, right? We were exhibiting at, Carla and I were exhibiting at the National Speakers Association. And um, Dr. Peter Fernandez walks up and he says, I'm going to go walk the exhibit hall. I want one of everything you produce. Here's my credit card. I'll pick it up on my way out. Now, we know the right answer to that, which is fine. <laughs> right? Boom. Guy turned out to be a great client and so forth. So you got to have the express link. There are people who will not go through your process, and that doesn't make necessarily make them a bad customer, client, or patient. On the other hand, you need a marketing plan that does not only sell to buy nows because you want your pipeline full. You want to get there early if you can. So, Dan, uh, one of the things that you frequently uh, prod people to do is to use offline media to get them online and then get them back offline. This is a piece that you had done for one of your clients. Maybe I can hold it up and the, the folks could zoom in on it a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about what this piece is? Sure. And, you know, here's so. a, the lead generation postcard, I believe, some, so that postcard fed, it's a two-sided postcard, self-mails. It's, um, it's an opportunity postcard, and it is personalized with pearls, if you remember pearls. I know technology changes, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll just read the top third of the real estate, which is important. So it's... Um, New, web, new website for Dan Kennedy. It would be for Darren Spindler, for Harry Schwartz. Uh, www.freebonus.com forward slash Dan Kennedy. So it's the recipient's name. Visit your new website above, and you'll see a copy of an $8,400 check that's made payable to you. Plus, you'll receive the key to getting real checks like this in your mailbox time and time and time again. Here are the details of my amazing two steps to cash now plan. And then there's a sales letter, but it's all really about going in to the website and getting your information there. Of course, everybody's website's the same, only the landing page is different to match the offer. And 
then they see an online video sales letter. Um, that might have just been a video assisted sales letter. So you read for a while and then there was a video and you read for a while and then there was a video. Now, and this is a self-mailer, same category, opportunity offer, but it doesn't matter. So it self-mails, this is the self-mail side. Um, this is the cover. Uh, it is all about uh, big money and big chunks. And it drives you to your personalized website to get the details. So these and their cousins, um, all for the same entity, uh, drove traffic for seven years and some months unchanged. So this is set it and forget it. This is we've got a sales letter that works, we got lists that work, and we got the online sales presentation that works. We're mailing to lists of people who will go online. We know that uh, by their other behavior, by how they do their, their regular businesses. Um, and uh, we can rotate through the high response lists with the two-sided postcard, with the self-mailer. There's another self-mailer with a different personality in it. There's another postcard. Uh, so we can mail into responsive lists a lot. The online video lived nearly evergreen, certainly in internet years. <laughs> Seven years is like three lifetimes, uh, without a change, and was very productive. It was not, by the way, with traffic driven to it from online sources. Okay. So there's an important uh, magic to this. The list um, is probably half the game. So we have to be mailing to the right prospects. Then the message has to be great. Okay? And then they will go online to now find out the rest of the story. Online gives us the virtue of unlimited real estate. We have as much time and space as we can command attention for. So we can do an infomercial length presentation. We can do 30 minutes. We can do 45 minutes. We can do, I think it was... We added on, I think, the last three years or so, it was almost two hours. Um, and as long as we were dynamic now with that, we bought ourselves with this nearly two hours to make a complete sales presentation to highly qualified prospects make the sale, and then, as you said, get them back 
offline for the upsells, for the game is afoot after the initial transaction, uh, which in this case, give or take, we were making $47, $97, and $197 sales at a cost of about $300, and then monetizing with the upsells um, all the way into coaching programs of multi-thousands of dollars. All autopilot, right? But the key is the mail connected to the presentation online. So all that is is mail to qualified lists that would, in the old days, have been putting people in rooms at Holiday Inns for preview speakers to do three hours to. Instead, we're putting them in front of their computer and doing two hours to them. Now, it's not as effective, by the way, but it doesn't have to be because we don't, we're not spending money in Holiday Inns. <coughs> and we're not paying preview speakers, right? The, yep. They're hitting a button and there's a thing running. So I like this system a lot. Um, we use it with clients today. Um, everything from illustrated sales letter to hybrid video, chalk talk, um, webinar kind of presentation um, and out the back end um, into a offline sales process. It's, it's something, so the thing about direct mail is that with any particular audience, there is a limit to what it can do affordably. So like the guys with the $800 glob, they tried six, seven, eight campaigns that Halbert did, and I did two for them to try, of directly making the sale without driving them into the room to talk to the telephone people. Um, we couldn't make it work. We just couldn't get Martha to part with $800 for a non-surgical facelift in a box with a sales letter, enough for the math to work. But we could get Martha to call to get her free sample and then get switched to buying an $800 box of glop by the salesperson. So in almost every situation, there's things sales letters can get to and there's things sales letters can't get to. Like, I don't think it's possible in any kind of numbers to get people to enroll to go to High Point University from a sales letter. I haven't even suggested trying. Um, I think in almost every case, they got to come to campus. Yep. So that marketing plan is all about getting a qualified person who meets the criteria of a 
highly likely buyer to come to campus. Sales letters can do that. So when you create a marketing plan, you have to think about what can a sales letter do? What can a webinar be reasonably expected to do in my business? What, what can, whatever the marketing system is, be reasonably expected to do? And then you've got to use it as effectively as you can to do that. Dan, so one of the things that folks don't think about when they go to build a plan like this is oftentimes, you know, they're thinking present bank rather than future bank. Why don't we talk about the importance of having a marketing plan to build future equity in your business? So if you, it almost comes back to data as part of the answer. If you ask most business owners, how'd you do this week? They're all going to give you present bank numbers. So most of the sit-down restaurant owner is either going to tell you the number of tables he turned, the number of meals he sold, or the number of customers he had. That's what he's going to tell you. Um, the hair salon place is going to tell you how many heads they cut. That's what they're going to tell you. Car deal is going to sell you how many cars he sold. Okay. There's not even any thought, really, of future bank, which would be, for example, did we sell those cars to people with big families or small families? Because the future bank is better if we sold the car to somebody with a big family. So generally speaking, I'd rather sell a car to an Italian or a Hispanic um, than really anybody else. Because the families are bigger, they're closer knit, uh, they still gather every Sunday for the big family dinner with 50 people in the household and the kids at the little table. And there's more future bank money there. Right? So, but. Neither the dealer or the salesperson has given us any thought, let alone tried to count it. Mm -hmm. Right? We're just, we got to, we got to sell 26 cars this weekend. A, a, car, a sale is a sale is a sale is a sale, which is not true. So, pretty much any business, Charlie Tremendous Jones, some of you are old enough to know Charlie. Um, a great motivational speaker, good platform salespeople, per person. Um, Charlie's answer always was, first time it was funny, fifth time it's not so funny, but so uh, Charlie and I were speaking at the same place, didn't know each other real well. Charlie had been on before me, but I hadn't been in the room. And I caught him in the hall and I said, how'd you do? He said, I sold enough to get home. Um, well, that's present bank, right? Future bank is what have you deposited but not collected yet. And that's really where your equity is in most businesses. So the restaurant owner 
should, how'd you do this week? Here's how many tables we turned. Here's what our revenue was. And here's how many um, uh, contact cards, name, address, phone number, email, uh, and birthday month that we collected. Because that's the future bank deposit because everybody with a birthday goes out to eat. They usually take somebody with them. If you know when the birthday is, you can, direct, you can feed your marketing plan with that, et cetera. The car dealer, the example I just gave you, right? Who do we sell cars to? And how many people they got in their family who live in the area? Well, we don't know. Well, because you didn't ask. They'd tell you. People will tell you the most amazing things, <laughs> right? So the future bank is about, so I always told most of the speaking I did and sold from the platform, I would have let the host keep all the money. Nobody ever asked for 100%. I didn't offer, um, but they, I would have given it to them because they're, I wanted the customer. The equity was in the customer. The equity was not... You know, in the, I mean, who, who's in here that I got in an audience? Your first entry point was you bought somewhere something at the back of the room. Okay, about, I can't see you. Try about Help me. 25% if I were going to. Well, pick somebody. Oh, pick somebody? Put the hands up again. And you. In the white. Right here. Okay. Uh, who are you? I'm Ken. Vinton. Ken oh, Vinton. God. So Ken's a perfect example. Okay. So how long since that purchase has it been? Oh, yeah. It's probably 15 years. How much do you think you've spent not counting the initial purchase? All in. Seminars, products. 50 grand. What do I care about half of $278? I mean, I'd rather have it than not have it, but, you know, the equity is in the 50 grand in the 15 years. Well, most businesses work that way, right? That's, that's where it is. So your marketing plan has to take into consideration First of all, who am I getting? Because I want to get somebody who at least 10 or 20 or 30% of them can be Ken Vintons. Okay? They fit a criteria that says, if I get them, I can keep them. They will hang around and they will spend again and again and again. And what am I going to do when I do get them the first time to make sure that that happens? So what's my marketing plan from first transaction on? Again, most businesses don't have one. And they don't even like really to think about it because they want to spend all their time, energy, effort, and money on getting the next new customer, not developing the customer they already got which is just brain-dead stupid, right? I mean, so 
So interesting thing about MLM. Amway, Shackley, Herbalife, etc. There's the business people think it is and the business it really is. It's a very convoluted business model for the company to wind up with customers for life. It is not about everybody building businesses and all that. That's the pain and suffering they go through. For the company to wind up with customers for life. Because what happens is a lot of distributors who go inactive have three or four or five products they really like and they continue to buy them for the rest of their lives. They're not active in the business anymore. Their upline is gone. Nobody even knows who the hell was third up in the chart on the whiteboard. The company's keeping all the money uh, right now because they're not paying out any overrides. That's what the whole business is built for. So they understand. Present bank, future bank. Their future bank is in their version of a Ken Vinton. Right? I was in Amway as a kid. I have been in Amway since 1974. Uh, I eat Neutralite every day. <laughs> Still buying my Neutralite. Right? That's a long ass time. Right? That's their version of Future Bank. So you want to give serious thought to this because the present bank income has a nasty habit of getting spent. <laughs> income disappears. That's what it does. Uh, people expand their lifestyle to match their income. They're on their fifth divorce, they're, they get a cocaine habit, whatever they do, <laughs> income gets spent. The only stuff that sticks is what a business owner skims off his income and puts somewhere else, or the equity he creates in his business that is going to produce future bank dollars year after year after year or on some kind of a predictable cycle. So to run a business without a plan for that, you're never really going to have any serious equity taking care of you from your business. Dan, so we have about 10 minutes left. So what I think we should do is, you want to talk about the Rory Fett, uh, the, the whole plan, how we put it together, what it means? Well, I mean. So the, market, the plan, but. Yeah, so the marketing plan for an event in my world so is, this. is, yeah, so this is, so the marketing plan is relevant because everybody should have events, right? So you're going to have the sale of the century if you run a mattress store. Um, you're going to have Christmas holiday the two weeks and the VIP customer night and all. So everybody has events. So all of our event campaigns are multimedia marketing, a lot of mail, 
list segmentation. There will be a generic stuff everybody gets, and then there'll be specialized stuff, which I described before. So this is from the year we did the circus theme. And so this, this self-mails, mails here, here is a replica of an old circus poster with freaks and geeks on it. <laughs> and you, well, it is. It's a freaks, freaks and geeks. Freaks, geeks, and midgets. Freaks, freaks, geeks, and living wonders from all parts of the earth. The Olympia Sideshow. Um, and it unfolds to what we call the world's largest super conference brochure. Like this. And it's all about the speakers, and it's all gimmicked. It's all circus gimmicked. Who's in the main tent? Who's in the third ring? In the second ring on your left? In the center ring? He's the ringmaster. She's the fabulous this. And it's all circus gimmicked all the way through, all the way to this was held in Phoenix in a giant circus tent. And I think it's the one where Dave, I think it's was the one, this we, one where they shot him out of the cannon. I think this is the one where Dave D and I shot him out of the cannon. <laughs> um, um, which seemed like a better idea <laughs> when you wrote the copy. Than, you know. Rory probably um, thought so too. So this mailed to everybody, right? Then the follow-up sequence, a lot of it, you asked about postcards earlier, were all postcards. And we simply ripped off old circus posters for one side of them, cut that thing up to write copy about one attraction per postcard. So this was about Joe Vital, how to promote your restaurant like P.T. Barnum, that's in there. Uh, this was about, what was this about? Um, uh, more amazing than Jupiter the balloon horse. What the <laughs> hell was this? Uh, I, don't, I can't read it all, but it was about one of the speakers and what he was doing. This was about an approaching deadline. Um, yeah, this is uh, dire and urgent warning required by law. And it was about an approaching deadline. And what's this one? Uh, wouldn't you like to be the 3,000-pound gorilla in your market? And it's a picture, picture of, the, of a gorilla in a cage at the surface. Okay. Now, so these are all derivative of this. This is just recycle, 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 recycle. And this is another generic piece. This was a booklet. Uh, did not self-mail. Mailed in an envelope. It's called, is it still too late to run away and join the circus? And it basically is about why their business sucks and why they hate it, which would make them want to run away and go to the circus, and how to fix it, which they get everything they need to fix it by coming to the conference. Okay? There were a lot more steps than this, but that was the main generic campaign. Now, again, the pizza guys all got another track of stuff that nobody else saw. And the steakhouse guys all got a track that nobody else saw. Multi-unit versus single-unit operators got different stuff on a track 
all their own, overlapping the generic track and falling in between it. So everybody would get generic piece number one. Then the pizza guy might get pizza piece number one. The steakhouse guy gets steakhouse piece number one. Then everybody would get generic piece number two. Then they would get their individual separate pieces, depending on who they were. In the asset belt is this campaign, and every year the theme can change. The theme changes, and but the structure does not. So once you built the architecture, the marketing plan, if you will, that never changed. That's rinse and repeat. Every, the only thing that changes is when you get new media, you can add to it. Oh, now we can drive them to go watch a YouTube video. Yeah. Okay, fine, we'll drive them to go watch a YouTube video. But the, the marketing plan architecture, once you build it out, it can run for years and years and years. And you you jack it up and put new innards in it and you put a new wrapper around the outside. So the same thing is true for any business's event, right? If you do, if a dentist does um, uh, live uh, Invisalign seminars in his office for parents, or he does live implant seminars, 20 people at a time in his office, um, the architecture of that marketing plan never needs to change. If you get it to the point that it works, you leave it alone. A lot of its content won't have to change because it's mostly going to new prospects every time, right? So you won't even have to change. I mean, the implant seminar, main sales letter that a number of dentists used that I did for the group, it hasn't changed in a decade. Uh, if you did something that was like time sensitive in it, you mentioned what a great smile O.J. Simpson has. You've <laughs> got to go back and take that out. And, you know. Well, it happens, right? Um, I mean, who would think you'd get in trouble with Bill Cosby? You know, oh, cripe. Um, uh, and you've got to go fix that. Yeah. But for the most part, you are building and trying to build assets, right? that either occasionally, um, by season, by timing, by whatever, get reused, or in rotation get reused. What you don't want to do, again, is blank slate stuff. You don't want to, oh boy, we need more customers, so let's sit down and come up with a promotion and a campaign. That's slower than mud, and it's a lot more work than is necessary. So, Dan, uh, we're going to close with that. I want to thank you uh, for what a great day. And, uh, folks, what a, what a great day. How about a standing round of ovation for, thank you. for Dan? You don't have to stand up. So, thank you all. 
you've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts, make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you'll also get access to the whole enchilada with all dance courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.